Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ, final hour of the final hump day edition of the Nick Wilson show. We have now less than uh, th- less than three shows. Oh, two shows and a quarter to go of the Nick Wilson show. If you missed any of today's show so far, really shouldn't go into the math card there. Very confusing. But WFNZ.com for the full bits, hours, in interviews. Some news to pass along. In sports here, uh, one, the Carolina Hurricanes have made a pretty significant trade here. They've acquired uh, Brent Burns and Lane Peterson from San Jose for Stephen Lorenz, uh, goalie prospect E2 McAnemi, and a conditional 2023 third-round pick. The Sharks are retaining 33% of Burns' contract. That's a steal. That's a steal for the Hurricanes. And uh, there's there's some word out there that Vincent Trocha could be on his way to the New York Rangers. So uh, a timely deal. And then the other little bit here is that uh, Charlie Montoyo has been fired by the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, in fairness, the Blue Jays have lost nine of their last 11 games. They still sit in third place in the AL East. Or sorry, third play. Or they they still sit in possession of the third wild card spot in the AL, and they're still four games above five hundred. So, and maybe my biggest gripe is I hate firing managers just to fire managers. Like unless you have an up, like in midseason, unless unless it's one addition by subtraction or two, you have a real addition. They're 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 naming bench coach John Schneider as the interim manager. Okay, is John Schneider gonna get them out of their funk? I just, I, I feel like I. One thing I wish they did more in baseball is, all right, we're gonna fire a manager. You're still competitive, and I realize that one of the the times this actually worked out was when the Braves brought up Brian Snitker, who's become a a, a very good manager in baseball, who is at that point had really only been a minor league manager in his career. So I realize he's the anomaly. But like, if you're gonna fire Charlie Montoya, uh, Montoyo, a guy who's gone 500 over the last four years and the last two years has like a 6.44 winning percentage, if you're gonna do that, maybe have somebody of repute on the line. Maybe have a proven major league manager, a guy who's done it before. It doesn't even have to be very good. What's Jace Tingler doing these days, right? Where's Don Wakamatsu when you need him? Where is Scott Service is still employed? But wh- where is uh, Brad Osmus? He hasn't been fired in a couple years. Turning over a team that is four games above 500, still in third uh, in possession of the third wild card spot in the AL. For a manager who last year took you to 91 and 71, when in reality, the numbers look bad for the the Blue Jays because they're 15 and a half games back off the Yankees. Nobody in the AL East is within 14 games of the Yankees. So respectfully, to and Toronto's a really good organization. They've turned it around over the last few years. They're one of the most talented teams in baseball. But what the hell are you doing for John Schneider? 
So that's the latest from the world of sports there. Uh, we also had a couple great submissions on the, uh, the, the five questions today. If you guys didn't see those, at Nick Wilson says on Instagram, on my Twitter, in my, in my Instagram story, or at Nick Wilson says on Twitter, the, there was a, there was a song we left out, itty bitty. Somebody sending in, I can't remember who did it, uh, but somebody sending in, oh, it was Big Cat Dan saying a Hotel California by the Eagles. Another song, a good mark of a flawless song is if they're still playing and fading out and you're pissed that they're fading out. I've heard the song for every, literally, it's like every year of my life, I've heard that song at least once because I grew up in a house that loves the Eagles. So I've heard the song probably thousands of times in my life. I know that towards the middle of that solo, I know the end is coming and I get irrationally mad every time. So, yes, Hotel California is a is the rare perfect song. Uh, keep your submissions coming in there. In the meantime, I will submit this as much the rest of the radio station has for an interesting hot take. Uh, Greg McElroy was on Gramlich and McLean earlier this week and had an interesting take on who he has as the pick to win the Coastal Division this year. In the coastal, it's completely wide open, and I like North Carolina. And really? a lot of people are, yeah, a lot of people are going to say, well, they don't bring anybody back. They lose a lot offensively. I think people were just a year too early on North Carolina last year and kind of forecasting, hey, this is the year they're going to do it. And they went into the season with expectations that were dashed in the first half of the first, well, take it back, the first quarter of the first game, right. <laughs> you know, and they just never really recovered from that and they were up and down throughout the course of the season the game at georgia tech was inexcusable in some ways but there were some positives at times that made you feel like all right hey this team's got a little something going and then defensively you bring in gene chiswick man and and if you look at what happened the last time gene chiswick took over there uh, that would be 2015. They were one win away from going to the college football playoff. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not saying one that he's a miracle. One could argue. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm not saying he's a miracle worker, but he's dang close. So, one, I do think North Carolina fans should be excited about, about Gene Chizik. I know that college football has changed, you know, offensively, the the ridiculous amount of offense has changed even since Gene Chizik was there six years ago, but the reality is he's a really good defensive coordinator. And the North Carolina defense the last few years has underachieved with the kind of talent that they have there. So I think it's fair to say that Gene Chizik can make a difference. The problem is they get him one year too late. Maybe if Gene Chizik was the defensive coordinator last year, they would have done better than finishing 6-7. and seven. But losing Sam Howell and trying to replace... Uh, Sam Howell, in, in, in a year where, look at the quarterbacks across the ACC. Here are some of the quarterbacks you're going to have to deal with if you're North Carolina's defense. Brennan Armstrong, Tyler Van Dyke, Kedden Slovis, Phil Jerkovic, uh, Mikhail Cunningham, DJ Uyunglele or uh, Cade Klubnick, Devin Leary, Sam Hartman. I thought last year going into the ACC football season, I thought that was the deepest crop of quarterbacks we've ever had. It lived up to the billing, by the way. This year somehow is deeper. So you're going into a season where the most important position on the roster 
is the most uncertain, whether it's going to be Chris Well or May. Maybe one of those guys shake free, but knowing that Mac Brown loves his his quarterback ambiguity and is comfortable juggling quarterbacks to start the season, you add that to just some of the turnover, some of the talent that has left North Carolina, it's tough for me to say that with Miami on the rise, with Virginia Tech year one, right, uh, with, uh, with Virginia getting Tony Elliott, Pitt, like there, there are two legitimately bad teams in the ACC Coastal, and it's Georgia Tech and it's Duke. Everybody, it's going to be, I just, I don't think you're set up for the same run that you were maybe last year. Itty bitty fitty. What did you hear when you heard Greg McElroy's Tar Heels hype for this year? I'd be more willing to believe it if I knew going into the season who our quarterback was. Because we're we're not going to enter the week zero game against FAM and you knowing, most likely. We're not going to go to App State knowing who our quarterback's going to be. There's talent here. The, the, the roster from top to bottom is deeper than it was last season as a whole. But you, you underachieved last year with the greatest quarterback in the history of your program. And you want me to believe that going into this year, because Gene Chizik is back, this team's going to win the division with as good as Miami's going to be? Well, but let's let's set those expectations. Because you've been the guy who says if this goes wrong, Mac Brown can be on the hot seat and maybe should be fired. <clears throat> should be. So let's go to that. Let's say Gene Chizik and the defense turns it around over the course of – 12 games, or regular season games, you figure out uh, it's Drake May who's going to be the quarterback going forward. Is 8-5 and five in the regular season good enough for you? Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. go, yeah, go for me this year, make a bowl game. Okay. All right, so 6-7. and seven. So they so they go 6-6 six and six and they lose the bowl game. Is that good enough for Mac to continue? For me, you enter year five with even more pressure. But like as of today, I don't think they're going to make a bowl game. So if they make a bowl game, they exceeded my expectations. I'm okay with bringing them back. So let's hop aboard the ACC football hype train. Because I heard Mac and Bone, uh, uh, Mac, or not Mac, Bone today was saying that that he's he's considering Miami the favorite. Miami's probably the most talented team in the Coastal because they've bought a roster. Like John Ruiz has done, has brought glad tidings uh, with the year that the Bagman has now been out in the open. I'm just in t- one. It's year one of Mario Cristobal, so it takes time to get your team where you want it to be. Year one of a coach. Two, like Tyler Van Dyke showed some real promise last year. He's got to do it for a full season. I, I don't know. There's not one team that I'm fully comfortable riding the hype train in the coastal. In uh, in the Atlantic, I think I think uh, the win totals are sleeping on Wake Forest, who's incredibly experienced. I think it's okay to be aboard the hype train on NC State, despite uh, some of the talent they lost. Clemson is still Clemson. Hell, it wouldn't surprise me if one of the four worst teams in the Atlantic Division last year, namely Louisville, uh, year three of Scott Satterfield, suddenly took a jump this year as well. I think the Atlantic is loaded this year. I think the Coastal is loaded with good, not great teams. Uh, Itty bitty fitty. If we asked you for the ACC football hype train, uh, what are you? Uh, what are you riding this year? It's got to be NC State, right? You've got seventeen returning starters. Devin Leary. Can uh, I can I ride the NC State hype train if I still think Devin Leary's a little overrated? 
I don't see how a guy who threw 36 touchdowns and 3,500 yards is overrated. Well, no, but I, what I mean is uh, people are talking about can he be a first-round pick, top-ten pick? Can he be a he Heisman be candidate? He can be all those things. I don't think he's physically talented enough. I think he's a good quarterback, but I think that guy projects as a mid-quarterback going forward. I think he's in a great situation. I think he's average talent across the board. So, like... But we're going to find out how good he is this year. They lose a Kwani on the offensive line. Their top two running backs are gone. Emeka uh, Emezi uh, is gone from the wide receiver room for him. If he elevates all those guys around him, he's worth every bit of hype he's been getting since the start of spring ball earlier this year. Ironically, he's kind of in a position similar to what Sam Howell entered last year in the same position, having to replace all of the uh, – or a good deal of talent around him. So uh, climb aboard the ACC football hype train – Greg McElroy, big on the Gene Chizik hire, saying that Tar Heels are his pick to win the Coastal. What teams? Let's keep it in here. NC State, um, Wake Forest, Duke, North Carolina, Clemson. Here in the Carolinas, what ACC football hype train are you willing to ride here as we are uh, inside a month from the return of college football? But uh, I start my goodbye to Charlotte. Next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. It's been uh, a, a day full of MLB news. As Braves fans are still smarting about Austin Riley not being a all-star, at least to this point. They're, st- they're also still smarting from this ass-kicking that's happening right now. If, if the Braves really let the Mets get two or three here. Itty bitty fitty. Willie P who's coming up at two. He's in for Bailey and flounder are going to be unbearable. Shaked's already Shaked Bartal. Uh, brave super fan is already like giving up the game. It's the third inning and the Mets are up for nothing in the rubber, uh, the rubber game, the rubber match between the Mets and Braves and Shaked's already Withdrawing. Oh, you know what? It was a good time. Uh, congrats to Mets fans. I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm rooting for the Braves simply because uh, the Mets fan hubris is through the roof. Why? Why do you not let us? Like, your, your Cavaliers were hand-gifted a championship. Uh-huh. Because because they had the greatest player of all time on it. Go ahead. Um, the the year after no, in the same year that the 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 Guardians would blow a three one lead in the World Series. Mm-hmm, Why sure. can't us suffering Met fans have something nice at the expense of Braves fans like Shaked, who was like in our mentions last night, claiming that uh, because he doesn't use cuss words, he's a better fan than us. Uh huh. Like he's the reason why us three here at the station mm-hmm. hate. Hate the Braves fan base. He's a prime example of a delusional fan base already that is the Braves. Okay. This is a pot calling the kettle black situation. A Mets, a Mets fan cannot get on a Braves fan for being delusional. We're we're miserable. No, that, that'd be like Wilt Chamberlain scolding somebody for being tall. I, I was expecting you to go somewhere else with Wilt Chamberlain. That, that'd be like uh, Jenna Jameson, you know, slut shaming somebody for doing porn. That was more what I was expecting with yeah. the Wilt Chamberlain thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, you're too promiscuous, says the guy who slept with over twenty thousand women. Uh, so that's the latest there. But 
we we have not done tops and bottoms for a hot minute of the show because we've been we have a bunch of these four day weeks instead of five day weeks. So today it is it's the final hump day edition of the Nick Wilson show, and the only way we do hump day shows on this station are with tops and bottoms. So I'm going to give you my favorite things about Charlotte, and I'm going to give you my least favorite things about Charlotte. You know what? Why don't we start with the least favorite so we can end on a positive note? Itty bitty fitty, are you ready? Bottom me. Okay. All right. No. Uh, number five, mosquitoes. The mosquito game in Charlotte, and I thought I, I thought I knew something when I moved down here about mosquitoes. The mosquito game in Charlotte is ridiculous. And the first three years, I, like I've been happily paying for mosquito prevention for this whole time. Well, this year, whom the the service that we have, I will not mention them by name, is to degrade myself. They're awful. Just awful. And the mosquito game right now, I can't walk outside of my house because of these friggin' mosquitoes. Number four of my least favorite things about Charlotte. Lack of affordable golfing. You, like, I'm I'm from the boondocks of Northeast Ohio. When me and Hacksaw went back to Northeast Ohio for uh, a round of 18 and a cart, it was $25 for me. Here... I was going to run you 50, 60 bucks. And not even a good course. You go to Copperhead Island down in uh, Indian Trail, and it's like 50 bucks on a crappy par three. I I was so excited to golf when I was down here. I, but the problem is I'm not rich enough to golf in Charlotte consistently. All right. Number three, the clay. My wife, my wife is a huge fan of gardening. My wife has practically become... Uh, Martha Stewart of gardening herself. But what nobody warned me about when I came down here was how there is no topsoil. Actually, that's not fair. There is a one-inch layer of topsoil, and beyond that is mounds and mounds of clay. So I've rented a rototiller. Uh, I have uh, I have tried to uh, to cut into this clay down here. It is impossible to. Planting a small plant is backbreaking work. I will not miss the clay of North and South Carolina. Number two, and again, this is tops and bottoms, my favorite things and least favorite things about uh, this fair city of ours. Number two, snakes. If the mosquito game is on point down here, this the snake game down here is otherworldly. I lived on 12 acres of herbal, herbal? Um, rural land in Lodi, Ohio. I had inter, like interactions with snakes, but I have had to kill more snakes down here in four years than my previous 15 years owning a house in Lodi, Ohio. I've had to kill, um, I killed one rattler. I've killed a bunch of copperheads. I've killed some snakes I couldn't tell whether they were a copperhead or not. I Like everything but black snakes I've killed down here. And it's like once a week. Either little bastard slithers right out from under my foot. Uh, it is sitting on uh, something that I own. I cannot take it. Listen, there's so much I'm going to miss about this town. And I don't think, uh, like, uh, that. I can't even explain to you what I'm going to miss about this town. That's We don't have enough time. We, not, we haven't had enough time. I'm not going to miss the snakes. I'm not going to miss killing snakes. I'm not going to deal with them. Kyle saying, why kill them? I kill copperheads on site. I have three kids that play around the house. I don't play around with copperheads. Also, I hate snakes. That's why I kill them. Number one, the traffic. 
We had a nice little 16-month reprieve during the pandemic. The only benefit of the pandemic was that traffic in Charlotte subsided. Over the last six months, traffic has come back with a vengeance. It's worse than it was before. And y'all, I'm sorry. Exit 9C, B, and A is not that hard. All right? There's, uh, There's a lane to get over, and then there's a lane to get up and over to exit 9B. Every day, I got Jamokes waiting in the far lane trying to get over to 9C. I'm lucky that I'm leaving because I'd commit a felony if I had to sit through that traffic and sit through exit 9B and 9C for the next 30 years of my life. I love this town, but by Goma to Charlotte traffic, itty-bitty fitty, of my least favorite things about Charlotte here, mosquitoes. Lack of affordable golfing, the clay snakes in traffic. What do you consider to be your least favorite thing about Charlotte of that list? It's got to be the traffic, right? Because, I mean, I, I imagine traffic in every city is just a major suck hole. The, the traffic here is, is abysmal. I've actually changed my route. I used to come 77 to work. Now I come up 74 because I moved from historic Lancaster to historic Monroe. And when it's bad, like yesterday, it took me 35 minutes to go three miles. Yeah. It's bad. So I tried to explain this to somebody. Like, everybody was asked, like, is the traffic really that bad? And it really, if I leave my house at 7.05, I get here in 30 minutes. Okay? Now, in fairness, with no traffic at at any given point, it's a 20 to 25-minute drive. But at 7.05 on a weekday morning, it is... It takes me roughly about 30 minutes to get here. If I leave 10 minutes later, it's an hour drive. That's the one good thing. Now, here's the other thing about Charlotte traffic that makes it the worst. You're just randomly driving using 77 on a Saturday or Sunday, and it it could be 2 in the afternoon. Traffic. Could be 6 in the morning. Traffic. You never know when it's going to strike on the weekend. So those are my five things, least favorite things about Charlotte. Now for the good stuff. Because I pared down a lot of stuff on my five favorites. I'm going to start with somebody I've talked a lot about. One of my five favorite things about Charlotte is two scoops. The ice cream joint. They've got one on Central Avenue. They've got one on, and it's the one I go to and I can't remember, but it's over by Lunchbox Records. Not only do they have the best ice cream I've ever had. That's not hyperbole. Two scoops ice cream is the best ice cream I've ever had. Tomorrow, or no, Friday after the show. We're going to be surprising the girls with one last trip to Two Scoops. We love it. But the relate like I when we go into Two Scoops, they know us. They always ask, you know, if I go there to pick up something for the girls on the way home, how are the girls doing? They have the nicest people that work there and they're all young fun people. Um, two scoops from the the actual product they sell to the people that they employ is one of my favorite. I'm, I'm really going to miss my, my folks at Two Scoops. Number four, the park system. Whether it's Freedom Park, whether it is, I can't remember what we call it, uh, the, the Turtle Lake Park in uh, in Pineville, which is it's about, around a big lake. And you can go there and feed turtles and they come up to you. It's really awesome. Whether it is, and this goes out to Waxhaw, Francis Beatty Park. I love the parks here. No, oh, by the way, you go down the road 45 minutes and you start to get into, you can find waterfalls, you can find great hiking places. I will miss the parks in Charlotte and in the surrounding areas. Um, fortunately, Northeast Ohio, one of the things they actually do well is the park system. But 
I will miss a, you know, the random February day when it's like 45, when it's like 55 degrees and you get to go hiking in February. That bleep don't happen in Ohio in, in winter or in fall. Number three, the food in general. Guys, the food game down here. I, I When I moved down here, all right, I came from a town that there were three restaurants. <laughs> there was a pub. There was a Chinese restaurant, and there was a Mexican restaurant. Oh, and there was Romeo's Pizza. So for 15, for 10, 15 years, I had four places to eat if I wanted to get delivery food. Here, oh my God, from, I'm trying to think of what the Fry restaurant is. It used to be a food truck. Uh, oh man, I can't remember. It's in Pineville. It's fantastic. From even the fast food, Bojangles and Chick-fil-A, to Asian One, which is my favorite Chinese point, to Riccio's, to Basante, to Lebowski's, to Bad Daddy's. Like, uh, ooh, Cabo Fish Taco. I'm going, I'll probably lose even more weight going back home because they're just, there's not as much, there are not as many good places to eat from. My temptation's going to be halved. So the food in Charlotte is otherworldly. And I know because we, you know, New Yorkers, Bostonians, Chicagoans, they're a bunch of food snobs. I'm telling you, if you don't think that Charlotte has ma- like major city food, get your head out of your ass because there's something for everyone down here. There's an at least one elite restaurant in every food category you can have. Number two, my of my favorite things, the best things about Charlotte, and I'm gonna just so you guys know, I'm going to pimp Charlotte. From now on, like I'm not going to be one of those snakes that leaves here and then talks crap about Charlotte after I leave it. I will only say good things about this town. And what this the second the second most thing, you're 60 minutes from anything you want. You want to go to the mountains, you're 60 minutes from it. You want to go to the country, you're probably about 30 minutes from it. You want a great food stand, you're about 30 minutes from it. You want to go find a gr- big lake, you're about 30 minutes from it. Within 60 minutes is roughly anything of any lifestyle you could possibly want. I mentioned Francis Beatty Park. Uh, my wife and my girls and I have gone up to, to the mountains a couple times. The diversity of life in Charlotte and the Carolinas is something that I'm truly going to miss. Like just the amount of life experiences we've been able to have here because you're just 30 to 60 minutes away from everything is really incredibly fun and awesome. Number one. It's going to be the people. It's you guys. I will. Like, I've had, you know, uh, Biscuits and Gravy reached out the other day. Dynamic Mark. Uh, I'm sorry. Mark from Mint Hill, a.k.a. Edgy Sam Darnold. Stanford P. Chad Harris. Uh, Rachel. I mean, all y'all. Like, you guys have. It's really tough for a guy who's only lived in his hometown to come home and start to feel like somewhere else is his home and i i distinctly remember the first moment that i felt like it was home i had just bought my my truck and we were driving around charlotte it was the middle of summer and i'm not choking on my voice is going but we were driving around and my wife and i were holding hands my daughters were asleep having walked everything out in francis Beatty's park our bellies were full with two scoops and i we kind of looked at each other like this is home that's really rare. I don't say that about anybody. I don't. I. I've never said that about any of the other places I've lived, including Lansing, Michigan. So the people have made this home. Whether you're a native Charlottean or a transplant like me, thank you. So my five favorite things about Charlotte: two scoops, the park system, food, always 60 minutes from something good, and the people 
What'd you like? What should I reconsider and make on my list here? Final segment of the show next on Sports Radio FNC. Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. I'd like to thank everybody uh, who submitted during the uh, tops and bottoms, the best and worst things uh, from my standpoint on Charlotte. Things that you can't help are the worst things. Mosquitoes, snakes, and traffic, and the clay. Uh, But... Uh, I I was trying to find uh, the name of the restaurant in Pineville built around fries. It is What the Fries. Many of you have texted that in. Thank you. That is a small business. We want to we want to make sure that we glow up there because uh, me and my me. So I found out about What the Fries not through the food truck but through the restaurant when it launched in Pineville, and I took my little baby Soph on a daddy daughter date day. That was part of our daddy daughter date day, and. Uh, that's that was the first of many trips. So what the fries is also awesome. And and let's be honest here. The food game is hilarious. Uh, also, Paul. Paul saying, Nick, please, because I had said in the best and worst favorites and least favorite things about Charlotte. Uh, Paul had said, Nick, please do not tell everyone up north how great CLT in the south is. We get too many damn Yankees here. Already escaping the North, taxes, crime, and political snakes. Tell everyone not to come here, please. And so I responded, ha, because it was funny. And Paul said, I'm really not kidding, which is why it was funny. Um, you're SOL, buddy. I'm sorry. Charlotte continues to grow, and uh, that's just, them's the breaks. More Yankees will be coming. It's the way it is, buddy. Uh, also, 704 number saying, okay, Big Daddy, we know you love Charlotte and we love you, so why are you leaving us? It's home, man. I, uh, I, I, love, the, I love the town, but, uh, you know, it's I'll, I'll say this. If I didn't have kids, I don't know I'd be as inclined to go back home. But I grew up with my cousins and my siblings always either five minutes down the road or ten minutes down the road or 20 minutes down the road. My daughters the last four years have made one of the biggest sacrifices not being close to their grandmas, not being close to their uh, their you know their cousins and uh, everybody else. So it's time that uh, that I get them back to family. But I appreciate it. I appreciate it, my guy. In the meantime, we got a little bit left to go here. Is Matt and G-Burrow on for What You're Burning On? Excellent. What You're Burning On coming up here in just a few moments. So our... So our... our we didn't get a winning streak going yesterday for the Mark Spain real estate neck pick. All right? Um, I kind of took the Mets because they were a ridiculous value. They were plus 170 in a divisional game when they've had the, bed, the, the big record. And unfortunately, the Braves won last night. What itty bitty fitty? What? Didn't we agree that if they if the Mets lost, I got to like shame you on the air? No, we agreed that if the Mets had won, you would quit bitching about me jinxing your team. Well, it happened again last no, night, and I had to bark no, no, all of my DMs. No, blame your team for sucking last night, not me. All right, I was basically I, I didn't even like the Mets in that matchup. I just like the fact that they were plus 170, and I mm. also kind of like the fact it pissed you off a little bit. However, 
Today, I'm going to look at the White Sox-Guardians game. They got two guys who are good pitchers who have stunk it up this season in Giolito versus Savale. And the over-under is at 8. I will take the over in tonight's White Sox-Guardians game at Progressive Field. And that brings us to your turn to uh, to lose your mind. It's time for What You're Burning On. 704-570-9610. Give us a call. We'll give you 30 to 60 seconds for you to let us know what you're burning on. We welcome on Matt and G. Burrow, you resplendent SOB. What you burning on, buddy? Well, this may be the final weeks of uh, what you're burning on, but, uh, you know, I uh, just wanted to say uh, really uh, enjoyed your time at WFNC listening pretty much every day. Um, you, you've made the show the afternoon spot. You know, a must-listen to uh, my book anyway. And uh, just uh, always been a great show, whoever you've been with, uh, whether it's Parcel or, or Stan or by yourself and, and Fiddy. And I'll shout out to Fiddy, too. He's done a great job. Uh, really, the show's gotten better in the last year, I think. So, um, And one thing, uh, Nick, if you're missing Bojangles too much, it's just 320-mile drive to Lexington, Kentucky will be your closest Bojangles. So you can do that in a day. I, you can do that in a day and back. You know, here's the other thing, my guy, uh, and I thank you for the call and the kind words. Uh, Matt has been one of the loyal OG Wilson Warriors, and we appreciate him. Uh, Bojangles is coming to Ohio. There are going to be 10 locations opened uh, for Bojangles by the end of 2023. D- did I know that fact going into negotiations for my new job? Maybe. Did that help ease my mind about missing Bojangles? Maybe. I will not miss the Pineville Bojangles. That's the second time in two days that I've thrown that one under the bus, but they have let me down too many times before. Uh, and you know what? I also want to give credit to Matt. I agree. Itty bitty fitty, you have made me proud. The last six months, especially, you know, we lost uh, Stan uh, exited the show uh, late January. Uh, that has culminated with your rise as a hot take artist and uh Somebody willing to blow himself up for sake of the show and content. So I'm very proud of you as well. What are you burning on? Uh, so appreciate your kind words. Same from Matt and Greensboro. Well, this kind of leads me to what I'm burning on. Because you've gotten a lot of goodbyes over the last four or five days or so. <laughs> uh-huh. And rightfully so. Because you are, in fact, leaving Charlotte. That's fact. That's a real thing. I've announced it. It's been on the air for a week now. I am not leaving Charlotte. But this version of Itty Bitty Fitty, uh-huh. like even though the name will stay, uh-huh. it's going to be a different IBF starting on Monday. It's How so? Because Are you suddenly going to you know, have success with women? Maybe. Are you suddenly going to be six foot tall? Maybe. But, like, there's not many people that brought – you brought out the personality. You get the sense of humor. You let me blow myself up on the air. You let me trash on Braves fans, which is what I live to do every day of the week. So even though I'm still going to be here from 10 to 2 with whoever's going to be in the other chair. It's going to be a shell of yourself. Yeah, because, like, I'm going to have Willie P for a little bit. And the first time I start going on some tangent – He's going to reel me back in like a principal. So there's a couple things. One, did you refer to the lead host as the other chair? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, there's there's eight Wilson Warriors that want me in your chair. I'm going to tell you, um, 
Uh, I think it's funny, but I don't know the next host is going to think it's funny if you refer to the lead host, <laughs> them, as the other chair. I'd also like to point out, vintage itty-bitty footy just now in the Garage Door Guru text line. Uh, 704 number saying, I listen to 610 because of you, which either means me or itty-bitty footy. Who knows? I'm sure Itty Bitty Fitty thinks he's talking about him. And Itty Bitty Fitty responded saying, make sure you check us out on the FM dial at 92.7. Not a thank you. Not a, not a hey, buddy, we, we love the support. It is a, well, you know we got an FM stick now, so go there. Ratings, um, baby, ratings. Yeah. Well, that, that is true. That is true. Hit Company us up man. on 92.7. Um, I can't wait to see what Itty Bitty Fitty emerges. What hateful, humorless <laughs> version of Itty Bitty Fitty comes out after working with Willie P for two weeks. <laughs> I can't wait it. Because you you've been excited. You and Willie have had a great bromance that, is, uh, that has blossomed over the last couple months. You and I took a couple months to, to really like get comfortable with each other and get to a point where we could have the bromance that we have on air. Yeah. So th- there's a, about a, a week and a half in one of you is going to text me saying, can you come get this Jamoke? <laughs> I don't know who it is. It's probably going to be Willie P. Yeah. And my answer will be uh, new phone. Who dis? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's see. What am I burning on? I think I'm burning on uh, Sam Darnold apologists. Uh, I, maybe Mac was making them up, but Mac was reading off the text line today. And, and a couple of people are like, oh, you're being mean to Sam Darnold. Listen, I understand that it's an uncomfortable truth for Sam Darnold to know how bad he is at football. And I have tried to delineate and to to, to show the difference between what I think of Sam the person and what I think of Sam the football player. Sam the person seems like a really great guy. Sam seems like the kind of guy I'd want to hang out with and I'd want to have a beer with. That's a a compliment for me because I don't like having a lot of beers with a lot of people. But Sam Darnold, the quarterback, is trash. There is there is no way you can be mean to Sam Darnold, the quarterback, because you, this this team traded a two, a four, and a six for him to solidify and paid him over the course of two years almost $30 million to be the face of the franchise. And that move has been an abject failure. Sam Darnold, as the third pick in the NFL draft four, four years ago, has been an abject failure. So maybe that's mean to say, but the truth isn't always positive. So if to the people out there who still, it's not, oh, maybe maybe you don't like or do like Sam. If you like Sam, if you still think Sam can be a good quarterback, see someone, see a doctor, see a psychologist, because your brain is broken. I have watched every game Sam Donald has ever played. I went back and watched his Jets tape uh, last year when they were trading for him. I watched every game he played in this year. He's not good. I don't know that he'll be in the NFL next year, not even as a backup. He is Blake Bortles. He is actually, look at the stats. He's never achieved the levels of success that Blake Bortles had. So if you're apologizing, if you're to Cali cool, Sam Darnold, unless you're a family member, let it go. It's like the Sopranos. It's over. Move on. That got really personal there, and I'm really sorry. All right, guys, that does it for the show today. Big thanks to all our guests. 
including Jessica Charman, Joe Person, Bill Ryder, live from España, was was Bill Ryder. Big thanks to all our guests. Check them out, WFNZ.com. For the full hours, bits, and interviews, we will be back tomorrow, the second-to-last edition of the Nick Wilson Show. Until then, Willie P is coming up next, uh, filling in for KB. Until tomorrow at 10 a.m., Nick Wilson for Itty Bitty Fitty, this iteration of Itty Bitty Fitty, saying stay safe and be good, Charlotte. Lord, I love you, Carolina. Hasta la vista, baby. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. See you later! Charmed, I'm sure. I'm the end of it, and that's all, folks. Okay, bye. Can't